What is going on everyone? Happy Friday and welcome to Cold Front Daily. I'm your host Dan Kelly. I work with the Cold Front Report. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cold Front Report or on our website coldfrontreport.com. So what we do here is we talk about the latest bills, news, transactions, rumors, draft talk, positions, and league-wide news as well. Anything you need for the NFL, I am your man for it. All right, guys, big news yesterday. I know you've already heard, but we're going to go over it anyway. Matt Milano returns to Buffalo. Um, It really proves that, um, first of all, he wants to finish what he started here. He was one of the first pieces that was here, you know, when McDermott and everybody came into town, like, He's really been helping that defense. I expected him to go elsewhere to to chase some money, especially after what the Bills had said that he's earned the right to test free agency and stuff like that. When you hear those kind of lines, you kind of perceive that, hey, this player is leaving. And and that's what everybody was saying is that he was leaving. So I was going off of uh, pure speculation in the past uh, iterations of this Cold Front Daily podcast. So I do apologize if I misled you guys at all. Matt, but Matt Milano has returned to the Buffalo Bills. It is a four-year deal worth $44 million. It's really a discounted price, guys. And again, I've said this before, I'll say it again. The salary cap going down affects a lot of people. Milano is one of them. You know, it's $44 million. It's only $24 million guaranteed. It's like $5.5 million for this year and next year, and then it goes up to $9 million. So effectively, this could be a two-year deal, maybe three, depending on how well he plays in Buffalo. We all know he's had his problems with injuries. But I can say I'm happy to have Matt Milano in a Bills uniform again. It's an, it's one position that we may not have to draft now. You know, maybe we can focus more on corner or edge rusher. Um, in order to bring Milano in, the Bills did go out and release John Brown. Um I can't say I'm surprised by the news of John Brown being released. I can't say I'm disappointed, though. You know, I understand you want to you wanna pay guys at a good deal and, you know, production has to meet the contract. But I really feel like Brown was contrib- contributing very well to this team. You know, he had a 1,000-yard season a few seasons ago. It's not like he was any slouch last year. He did miss some time due to injury, and if that's what Buffalo's worried about, then that's okay. I mean, I I would understand that, but um, I don't like that they just flat-out released him. I wish they could have reworked his contract or something to keep him in town, but I understand they wanted the money, especially to pay Milano. Uh, Quentin Jefferson was also released yesterday along with John Brown, and Vernon Butler was released as well. So a lot of Bills news there, uh, which is good because I've been run on, running out of topics for the Bills lately because there hasn't been anything going on. It's just around the league. So guys, let's hit your daily news, which is Tom Brady. Um, let's talk about Tom Brady. I really feel like he's the most unselfish NFL player I've ever seen. He just reworked his contract to give the Buccaneers more money to work with. And I understand he's made... Uh, more money than we can ever imagine. But still, the fact that he's willing to sacrifice himself for the betterment of the team is why he's been so successful. It's why he has all those championship rings, and he does it again 
this time in Tampa Bay. The Patriots bringing back Cam Newton. Um, he had a really bad year last year. If you look at statistics, I believe it was like nine passing touchdowns or something like that. It was it was rough for Cam and the Patriots, and even getting third place in the AFC East after ruling the division for 19 years, 20 years. Um, Cam Newton comes back. It's a one-year $15 million or $14 million deal. I'm guessing that this just means New England can't move up in the draft or something like that because they sit at 15. They're in a rough spot. All the quarterbacks are probably going to be gone by then. At least the top five will, most likely. You know, you never know come draft day. It's all speculation, guys. All speculation. Let me mention again because I don't know what's going to happen in the draft. You don't know what's going to happen in the draft. And all these experts that are doing mock drafts also do not know what's going to happen in the draft. For instance, E.J. Manuel. Who would have predicted that the Bills took E.J. Manuel back in 2013? Huh? Exactly. So, (laughs) all right. Other than that, um, the Texans have been making moves. They signed linebacker Christian Kirksey and also running back Mark Ingram. I don't know if they're trying to keep Deshaun still. Uh, Finally, the head coach came out, uh, Cully from the Texans, and he said that Deshaun Watson is our quarterback. As of now, that's how it is. So that's all we know about Deshaun Watson. Apparently, Seattle and Russell Wilson um, are getting worse, I guess would be the terms I would use. It was stated by Diane Rossini from ESPN that the Seahawks will trade him if a team is desperate enough to offer the farm. If they offer a good deal, Seattle will trade their probably best player in franchise history. Now, that, that might be a little bit of a stretch. Walter Jones was amazing and, and stuff like that, but Russell Wilson has been fantastic for the Seahawks. You know, multiple... All-Pro nods, Pro Bowl bids, led the team to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, has been a top-10 quarterback, according to PFF, for multiple years now. Like, Wilson's amazing. Trading him would really kind of be starting over. And I don't know that Seattle wants to do that, but kind of looks like the way it's going right now. So, guys, it is Friday. I did mention on yesterday's show we were going to go over another mock draft. This one is from my friends at the Cold Front Report. So let me mention who did this mock draft. Be sure to check it out. I'm just going to go over brief stuff. I'm not going to go in depth on everything they say. So please be sure to check it out. That's coldfrontreport.com. All right, guys. So this mock draft was made by Leroy Winslow, Mike Back, Greg Boucher, Scott Delafave, Thomas Frank Carr, and EJ Daniels you recognize those last two those have been guests on the podcast so far we're working on more for sure so number one you guys will hear it from me all the time jacksonville jaguars it's trevor lawrence once again this is clear as day it's going to be lawrence to jacksonville urban meyer gets his quarterback and he's the number one in the class at number two the new york jets uh, Panay Sewell, which I think is surprising because the Jets need a lot of help everywhere. Um, 
If they're happy with Darnold, I can see them trading this pick. If they're not, this is going to be a quarterback. But we will see here. Um, the These picks were made by Leroy Winslow. And number two is Panay Sewell, the offensive lineman out of Oregon. Number three, Miami Dolphins. Um, any mock draft you see for Miami at number three is going to have them taking a receiver. Whether it's Devontae Smith out of Alabama, Jalen Waddell, Alabama, or what's his name? I'm I'm missing the other receiver. My my mistake, my guys. Let me let me find his name real quick for you. Just was on the tip of my tongue. So that's Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman. And then Jamar Chase at LSU. That's the one I was missing. My apologies. Jamar Chase, LSU. So here they have Devontae Smith on Alabama. Now, Smith is great, obviously. He won the Heisman, which is, you know, the highest accolade you can get in college football. But a lot of teams are worried about his frame. And I can see why, because there are speedy guys that work in the league. And then there are speedy guys that don't. And... One of my best examples I can give you is Marquise Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin drafted by the Bills um, many seasons ago. Came in, he was electric, but he was also very fragile on the field. And being hit by these players that are in the NFL is very hard work, you know? Like, you don't always get up from that. And when you got a smaller frame like that, I, I don't know how many teams put that into effect. But then you look at a guy like Tyree Kill. He doesn't have a huge frame, and look what he's done. Look what he's done in the NFL. So Devontae Smith definitely can work, and here he reunites with former quarterback Tua Tungavailoa in Miami, as long as they don't trade for Deshaun Watson, right? Number four, Atlanta Falcons. This is a team that needs a lot of help. I don't know where they want to go. I don't know if they're looking for Matt Ryan's replacement, and that's exactly what Leroy Winslow has them doing is grabbing Matt Ryan's replacement Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. I can see the Falcons doing a lot at four. I, I really don't know where, where they want to go. At five, Cincinnati Bengals. This is where Kyle Pitts goes, the tight end out of Florida. I can see this. I can see it, especially if Panay Sewell goes two, which happened in this mock draft at number two was Panay Sewell. If Panay Sewell is available, Cincinnati's taking him. That's, that's my thought. And if... If they don't want Sewell, I could really see Rashawn Slater going here as well. But I, I can understand um, giving Burrow weapons because a young quarterback can only succeed if you help him out. Look at a guy like Darnold compared to a guy like Josh Allen. Josh Allen has, has been helped by the Bills front office. Look, it was John Brown. It was Cole Beasley. It was running backs early in the draft. It was Dawson Knox. It was Tyler Croft. Like You surrounded him with guys that really helped him. And it worked out. And Darnold hasn't had any help. I mean, he had Le'Veon Bell, which, I mean, you can tell me if that worked out. It didn't look like it worked out because he was released from the team before his contract ran out. And they didn't surround him with any offensive linemen or anything like that. So the Bengals need to not make the same mistake. They need to surround Burrow with weapons. But they also need to protect him. That's going to be a tough pick there at number five. At number six... We have the Philadelphia Eagles, another team who reminds me of the Falcons. There are so many holes on these teams. Here, 
It is wide receiver Jamar Chase out of LSU. Um, some people have him as the number one wide receiver in the class. Again, those three, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell. Guys have those all, you can put any one of them at number one, okay? Any one of them at number one and nobody's going to have a problem. So these picks are brought to you by Greg Boucher from six onwards for now, and I'll let you know when the analyst changes again. So number seven, Detroit Lions. Um, here they have a cornerback, which is Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. Detroit took a corner last year in the top five. I believe it was number three. It was Jeff Okuda. Um, I don't know that they go corner again, but hey, if that's if that's what they need and that's who's available, Caleb Farley at seven, I could see it. Uh, number eight, Carolina Panthers. In this scenario, Justin Fields falls to them, the quarterback out of Ohio State. Um, I'm not sure how likely that is. I feel like if Carolina wants a quarterback, they may have to move up. But here they get lucky and Fields falls to them. I think if this happens, it's a no-brainer situation. They take him. Teddy Bridgewater is not the quarterback of the future in Carolina. Number nine, Denver Broncos. Linebacker, it's Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Um, again, it makes sense. Von Miller's not getting any younger. Um... Another quarterback needy team. I don't know if they're happy with Drew Locke. They have surrounded him with weapons to be successful. But Micah Parsons, I think that would make Denver's defense even more scary. And at number 10, and the last pick for today, is Samuel Cosme, the offensive tackle out of Texas. A few years ago, guys, Dallas's offensive line was formidable. The best line in the league, bar none. But after retirements and injuries... It's not the same. Just look back to last year when Dak Prescott got hurt. Um, sure, you know. I think they also need cornerback help. I think they need linebacker help. I think they need defense in general. But if they fall in love with an offensive lineman, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen as well. Alrighty, guys. Uh, that's all I have for you on this edition of the Cold Front Daily. Be sure to check out the Cold Front Report on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cold Front Report. Website is coldfrontreport.com. If you're interested in looking me up, you can follow me on Twitter at the real Dan Kelly. That's at the real Dan Kelly. Alrighty guys, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Thanks a lot.